0: NFL week 13 is almost here. There's three marquee matchups I would like to highlight. Browns versus Titans, battle of the eight and three teams. Cardinals versus Rams, NFC West showdown. Who's gonna come out on top? NFC South divisional matchup, Falcons versus Saints. Will Taysom Hill beat the Falcons for the second time in two weeks? In the Premier League, two matches I want to highlight predict Tottenham versus Arsenal, North London Derby, Liverpool versus Wolves. Will Liverpool keep up their unbeaten streak at home? How will Wolves fare without Raul Jimenez? This is Hard to Handle Sports, episode number 19. My name is Ismael San Juan. Let's get started. In the NFL, NFL week 13 kicks off this Sunday. We have three marquee matchups that I want to highlight Browns versus Titans being the first one. Browns versus Titans. Browns and Titans both come in at eight and three. The Browns have won four out of five. Titans have won three out of four. Browns, in those four games, in those last five games that they've played, they've won four. Uh, A lot of those games have been in ugly conditions. They've been in Cleveland. They've been in Ohio. They've been in rough, rough conditions. I know a couple of other games have have been delayed. Because of the weather. So if you look at the Browns. That kind of favors them. Because they are a running team. So Mayfield hasn't been able. Hasn't done so much in these last few weeks. He hasn't been asked to do that much. Honestly he could could have done more. In my opinion. During these wins. And that's one of the main reasons. People are not believing the Browns. But they do come into this week. Winning 4 out of 5 games. The Titans on the other hand. Have won 3 out of 4. They just beat the Colts. They reclaimed the top of the AFC South. And they're looking pretty good. Derek, they're they're running Derek Henry again. He looks like a monster. Derek Henry is one of those running backs that gets stronger as the season goes on. He's a monster. He's built like a truck. He's built like a linebacker. He could run. He could he could gash you for the big play. He could wear you down. He's a monster. That's all you need to know. The Titans are six point favorites. By Vegas, six point favorites are the Titans. I think that's fair. The Titans have more impressive wins this season. They've been they've beaten the Colts, they've beaten the Bills, they almost came back against the Steelers, and the Steelers beat the Browns, destroyed them. The Browns haven't really beaten anybody. The only team they've beaten is the Colts. Other than that, all their teams that they've played have losing record. So we're gonna we're gonna find out if the Browns are for reals. This is one of their tougher matchups this year. And after the Titans, honestly, they don't have that hard of a schedule. But this game is going to feature two of the best... Actually, the two best rushing attacks in the NFL. Number one and number two. Number one being uh, the Browns, Nick Chubb, and Kareem Hunt. Two elite running backs. That's an elite one, too. Um, The only reason this is possible is because Hunt had some off-the-field issues. that I'm sure most of you guys know. He had some off the field issues. He got cut by the Chiefs and the Browns were able to get him off the streets relatively cheap. And honestly, he could be a starter in most in a lot of NFL teams. Nick Chubb, he's top five running back in the league. Uh, he's kind of underrated. I feel like people know about Kamara. People know about Henry. People know about uh, Cook. People know about, you know, all these um, Elliot. Nick Chubb is a monster. He's a beast. Um and no one needs to mention Derrick Henry. He might be the best running back in the NFL today. He is a beast. He's a monster. Uh, he will run over you. He will outrun you. He will stiff arm you to the ground just as Josh Norman. So number one rushing offense against the number two rushing offense is going to be an old-fashioned battle. Uh, it's going to be one in the trenches. Whoever is gonna, is, Whoever is able to establish that run the most should be able to dictate the outcome of this game. The Browns will be without their number 1 cornerback Denzel Ward. This is the second week he misses. Um I think that's going to hurt the Browns a lot just because the Titans do like to set up the play action. Once they get Henry going, they like to get the play action. They have um Juno Smith as their tight end. They have AJ Brown. Uh they they could they could hurt you through the pass, through the passing game. Uh, AJ Brown has a touchdown in each of the last two games. He's building momentum. He had a little slump in the middle of the season. But now he's picking back up. Uh, namely, uh, Tannehill had a little slump too, but now he's picking back up too. And I, like now that Tannehill's playing good again, you see, you see the Titans are able to turn their game around, f- winning four out of their last five. I mean, winning two, three out of the last four. Um, so I think the Titans will be able to attack the Browns through the through the passing game, especially with Dental Ward being out. Dental Ward is a pretty good cornerback. He's a younger cornerback. Uh, the Browns would definitely miss him. On the other side of the field, will the Browns be able to expose the Titans' horrible pass defense? The Titans do have the 28th ranked pass defense. They've been atrocious through the pass. They they kind of kickstarted Rivers this season a little bit. Two weeks ago, uh, people were on the fence about Rivers, and then he had a 300-yard game. Three touchdown game against them and then people were like okay you know what maybe rivers isn't so bad after all and then he played pretty good against the packers and they were like all right and then they were able to contain him a pretty good last week in their second matchup against rivers so maybe the titans pass defense is turning around kind of like the seahawks defense is kind of kind of turning around the titans haven't made that big of a leap yet but they might be turning it around but they're still ranked 28th as their pass defense fortunately for them the Browns have the 30th ranked passing offense. They do have the number one rushing offense, but they do have the 30th pass offense. A lot of that has to do with Baker Mayfield. A lot, of, a lot of that has to do with OBJ being out. A lot of that has to do with the terrible conditions that the Browns have been playing the last few weeks. So it hasn't been ideal conditions to throw the ball. The weather has dictated a running, a running approach, and they've been up. They've been winning games, so... If it's been working, like why would you put the extra pressure on Baker Mayfield, especially when we know that he's susceptible to throwing a pick or two if you allow him to throw the ball twenty-five plus times? So that may have something to do with it. Will the Browns be able to expose the Titans' twenty-eighth pass defense, twenty-eighth ranked pass defense? I don't think so. I think uh, Baker Mayfield is kind of limited. He's not terrible, he's not horrible. I I don't I'm not one of those people that think Baker Mayfield is horrible. I don't think he's terrible. I think he's a decent quality starting quarterback. As far as the Browns are concerned, he's their savior just because no one I mean I don't think I have to remind anyone the long list of quarterbacks that the Browns have had over the last 20 years since they've been back in Cleveland. No one needs no one needs that reminder. We all know the terrible quarterbacks they've gone through. So for them to have Baker Mayfield I mean, it's better than everything else they've had. And he's pretty good. He's decent. He he could have his games. He had that almost perfect game after starting with the interception versus the Bengals. So we know we know he has a pretty high ceiling when he's on. But his his average, his medium is pretty above average. Let's just call it above average. Don't want to say mediocre because he's not mediocre. He's better than mediocre. But he's above average. So like I said, the Browns have only beaten one winning team this season. It's the Colts. And I just feel like I trust Tannehill more than Baker Mayfield. Even with Miles Garrett coming back, he, he is expected to play this game. He was dealing with COVID. He said COVID had kicked his ass. He said he had body chills and he had like a fever and he had a lot of stuff. So it's good for the Browns to have Miles Garrett back. One of the premier pass rushers in the NFL. It's definitely going to add pressure to Tannehill. But... I trust Derrick Henry more than the combination of uh, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. And I trust uh, Tannehill more than I trust Baker Mayfield. So for that reason, um, I have the Titans winning 28-19. 28-19 is my prediction. Titans 28, Browns 19, book it. So that's the first game for this week. The second game that I wanted to highlight or predict, I want to predict Rams play the Cardinals. The Rams come in at seven and four. They're the fifth seed in the NFC. And the Cardinals come in at six and five. And they're their seventh seed. So both teams come in with the playoffs with the wild card spot. Um, it doesn't look like either of them, maybe the Rams, but they blew their chance last week. It doesn't look okay. like they're gonna be able to catch up to the to the Seahawks. The Seahawks have the way easier schedule remaining. So maybe, they'll be, maybe the Rams, the Cardinals blew it. They've lost two in a row. They were tied. The Cardinals at one point were first. It seems like a long time ago that the Cardinals were first place in the division. But not too long ago, on Thursday Night Football, the Cardinals did come in as the number one seed in the NFC West. And now they're the seventh seed. But the marquee matchup within this game is Jalen Ramsey versus DeAndre Hopkins. For me, Jalen Ramsey is the best cornerback in the league ahead of Um, ahead of like Darius Slay or um, the the Patriots cornerback. I'm blanking out on his name right now, but you know who he is. Jalen Ramsey for me, pound for pound, he's the number one cornerback in the league. And DeAndre Hopkins, he's up there. He's probably my second wide receiver um, in the league right now. But however you rank them, it's a marquee matchup. Jalen Ramsey versus DeAndre Hopkins. I think that's going to have a lot to do with the game too. We all know Kyler Murray loves DeAndre Hopkins. He, he, he's a targets galore since he's been in Arizona. It's not surprising for DeAndre Hopkins to have 10 plus targets in a game, 100 plus yards. Kyler Murray is always looking for him. So if Jalen Ramsey is able to shut him down, that will be of a huge benefit to the Rams. But Ramsey did have a hit problem last week against the 49ers on Friday. He said that his hip was fine, that he was going to be good to go. So, But every player that has an injury is always saying that to the media when they're asked about it. No one really says, oh, you know what? I do feel like I'm not completely uh, healthy, especially when they're about to play an elite opponent like DeAndre Hopkins. No one's going to – Jalen Ramsey was not going to go tell the media, you know what, my hip is still kind of bothering me. If DeAndre Hopkins makes a lot of turns, it might flare up. He, he was not gonna say that, so we'll see if he's telling the truth or not on Sunday. We'll be able to tell by his movements. Another interesting matchup for this matchup for this game is uh Aaron Donald against Kyler Murray. Will Aaron Donald be able to pressure down the middle or on the edge? Because they use him a lot of different ways in the in the line. Will Aaron Donald and company be able to get pressure on Kyler Murray? Kyler Murray has been nursing a shoulder injury the last few weeks. I think that's uh kinda of made make that has made him hesitant to run the ball in my opinion. He says his shoulder is fine, but if you see since he injured his shoulder coming into that Seahawks game and to now he he has been hesitant to run. And I think it's because of the shoulder. He doesn't want to hurt it. He doesn't want to like fall on it or something. He doesn't want to get hit. And it's hurt his game. He's not the same quarterback when he doesn't have that run running threat. So for that reason it, if if Aaron Donald is able to keep him inside the pocket, put um, put pressure down the middle, that might really throw Kyler Murray off his game. But the matchup of the quarterbacks, Kyler Murray against Jared Goff, I think Murray is head and shoulders above Goff. Even, even though he's just in his second year, he was rookie of the year. And Goff did just sign his big extension. He's tied with the Rams long term. He has that security. He's going to be the Rams quarterback going forward. But I do think Murray is the better quarterback. Uh, just the flashes. I don't think Goff has ever been an MVP candidate, even in his best season, even in his Super Bowl season. You could kind of attach his success to McVay, to all the weapons he had. He had Cook. He had Woods. He had Cooper Cup. He had a lot of weapons. He had Gurley. Like, no one ever really thought, oh, man, Goff, this is Goff, this is Goff. Like, you know putting the team on his back. This is gosh just being an elite quarterback. He's bringing the team to the Super Bowl. Everyone knew McVeigh is a great coach. McVeigh's is one of the young offensive minds in the game. He's drawing up all these schemes. He's he's uh, scheming wide receivers wide open. And Murray, for the two years that he's been there, he didn't have nobody last year. He still won rookie of the year. He had an aging Fitzgerald. Now he has Hopkins. He has more help. The jury's still out on his uh, on his coach if he's if he's gonna be successful in the NFL or if he was just a good court a good coach in college. Cause even in college he didn't have the best of records. And now we're gonna see if, if he's good in, in uh in the NFL. So I think Murray is head and shoulders above Goff. I did hear or I did read that Keyshawn Johnson said that Goff is a better QB. I strongly disagree with him. I know Keyshawn Johnson played in the NFL. He was a pretty good wide receiver. He had some good seasons. So maybe his his knowledge is better than mine. Just the regular old folk that loves football. But I know a lot of people disagree with Keyshawn Johnson and like even NFL or former NFL players. In my opinion, if I had to make comparisons, I think golf is like Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins played with Shanahan and in, in Washington. And that made him look good. He earned a good contract with, with uh, the Vikings. He's played pretty good. His stats don't look bad. But you, we all know Kirk Cousins has limitations. He's not going to be a quarterback that takes you to the promised land. He needs good pieces. He needs a Thielen. He needs a Diggs. Now he has a Jefferson. He has Rudolph. He has Cook. He, he has a lot of pieces around him. And he still sometimes makes mistakes that you're like, okay, what are you doing? Like, just keep it together. Don't mess this up. And I think that's what golf is. Not a bad quarterback by any means. Kirk Cousins, he had the highest guaranteed uh, at the time when he signed. So there's nothing wrong with Kirk Cousins. He could get you to the playoffs. He's a decent quarterback. He's not an elite quarterback. He, you're never going to say Kirk Cousins is a top five quarterback. But he's always going to be flirting with top ten. And if you have him, you're not doing that bad. And other teams do look at Kirk Cousins as an improvement. Like if you're the 49ers, I know Shanahan is, has been rumored to be in, been wanting Kirk Cousins. Back on his team so not a bad option i think that's what golf is he's like a kirk cousins type of player murray has that russell wilson potential and like not just potential he's there right now he, he's a quality quarterback he's he has elite potential and he's playing elite or he has shown elite flashes this season too just because of that i think murray is the better quarterback and nfl.com has murray ranked as the fifth quarterback so far this season they have Goff as the 18th. CBS Sports has Murray as the ninth ranked quarterback. And they have Goff as the 19th. NBC Sports has Murray 9th. Goff 18th. So there's a lot, there's a lot of there's a lot to back up the claim that Murray is a better quarterback than Goff. And because of that, I do think the Cardinals will come out with the victory. The Cardinals have lost two in a row. I think they will show urgency. They will come out firing. They've started slow their last couple games, but I think they're going to start fast against the Rams, and they will beat them, and they will pass them up in the rankings momentarily because they do got to play again. This NFC West is going to be a battle. There's still a lot of divisional games left in that division, so by no means is this the final standings. The Cardinals do play the Rams, I believe, two weeks after today, so we'll see how they do then. I'm I'm probably going to do another prediction video two weeks from now seeing how, how they're doing. And I might predict the Rams in that game. You never know. But Cardinals do play at home. So I think the Cardinals are going to win On week, in Week 13. I say they beat the Rams. It's going to be a high-scoring game, 33-28. Cardinals win. And moving along, the third game that I wanted to highlight for this upcoming Week 13 matchup, Falcons versus Saints. Falcons come in at 4-7. Playoff chances pretty much done. Uh, they've shown flashes the last couple of weeks since they fired their coach. And the Saints come in as the number one seed. They're 9-2. The Taysom Hill experiment is going so far so good as in terms of record. They're 2-0s with Taysom Hill as the starting quarterback. But this is my hot take for this week. I have the Falcons upsetting the Saints. You heard it here. Hard to handle sports. The Falcons will upset the Saints in my opinion. The Falcons just upset the Raiders, forty-three to six. They're four and two with Raheem Morris as their coach, and this is the second game they play the Saints in as many weeks. So, because of that, I think the the Falcons will upset the Saints. Taysom Hill is not a quality quarterback. All the props in the world to Sean Payton. He's an elite coach. He's a great offensive mind. He's he he's going to go down as one of the best offensive coaches ever. And just the fact that he's two and zero with Taysom Hill this year, and he was five and zero with Teddy Bridgewater last year as his backup, as their starting quarterback with Drew Brees out. With Drew Brees out, that shows what a great coach he is. That shows, you know, he has a great coaching staff, and he's able to get his players ready. But Taysom Hill is not. Is just not. He's not a starting quarterback. The eye test doesn't lie. Even when he beat the Falcons two weeks ago. We all saw those throws. We saw how badly he underthrew uh Sanders on that like fifty yard go route down the middle. He had to like wait for the ball. We 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 there's let's not kid ourselves, you guys. We could see Taysom Hill. He he's he's a he's a great story. The way he went undrafted, wide receiver, quarterback turned wide receiver, turned gadget player, special teamers, tight end, running back, wide receiver. He's out there Blocking punts for touchdowns. He's out there catching passes for touchdowns. He's out there throwing passes for touchdowns. He's out there running for touchdown. He's a great guy. He's a football player. That's the definition of a football player. Taysom Hill is the definition of a football player. I think every coach would want to have him on a team, but even just seeing him run gadget plays when he's throwing the ball, you could tell that he's not a quarterback. I've seen I've seen other wide receivers get put in that situation and throw the ball with a better spiral. It, the, the throw just looks better. OBJ, and, and I, I can remember, I think, against the Cowboys this year, he threw a pass. That pass has looked better than the gadget plays that Taysom Hill has done with the Saints. Like, that ball looked crispier off of OBJ's hand. And I've, I've seen other wide receivers do plays like that where they do end arounds and then they throw it. And the ball looks cleaner coming out of their hand then Taysom Hill, when he was running his gadget plays too, he, he would either like throw it too low, or he, he would he would leave yards on the field because the wide receiver would have to go to the ground or lose his momentum catching the ball instead of able to instead of just being able to catch the ball and use and keep running and get yards after the catch. And now during these two games that he started, the Falcons they they beat the Falcons pretty bad. But I was not really impressed by that. His running game, no one could deny his running game. He's a tough runner. You put him under center and you use a running back as a blocker or you just have an extra block in your line, and you're going to do good because he runs hard. He's pretty quick. But as a passer, he has a lot to be desired, and now he plays the Falcons twice in two weeks for the second time in two weeks. They have film on him. They've played him already. I think they're going to play in Atlanta so, I think it's gonna be bad for the for the Saints. I think it's gonna be bad for Taysom Hill. I don't think they're gonna be able to score as many points this time. And last week he struggled against the Broncos. I know they blew the Broncos out, and they didn't have to like put him put him under center too many times for so he could throw the game away. But he had 44 yards rushing, 78 yards passing. If if he's a starting level quarterback, I don't care if the other team doesn't have a a quarterback is playing a practice squad player off, off for the first with no practice as their starting quarterback, you're going to have a better game than 40 yards, 44 yards rushing and 70, yard, 78 yards passing. It was an atrocious game. Both teams looked like they didn't have a quarterback. And I think Matt Ryan has something to prove. Matt Ryan is a former MVP. He is the definition, one of the last few quarterbacks that is a pocket quarterback, that can't, is not really that mobile, and he just his arm is his strength. So Matt Ryan, if I feel like he's gonna have a point to prove, he's not gonna get out-dueled by Taysom Hill playing quarterback, a tight end playing quarterback, a, a gadget player playing quarterback. Matt Ryan, the former MVP, has to show up tomorrow. He has to stand up for himself f- for his last name. Ryan, you better show up tomorrow. I mean, Sunday. You better show up. You better not let me down. You're a former MVP. You can't let a tight end beat you two times in two weeks. And good things for him, Julio Jones practiced on Friday. He missed his game. He missed the game last week. So hopefully for the Falcons, he's back. Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, they should be able to get the job done. Kamara hasn't been playing the last two weeks as much. He hasn't. He's played less than 50% of the snaps. He has a foot injury. But he's been playing with it, but they have been cutting his snaps. So we'll see how he does, how he fares. If they use him more, if the Falcons take a lead, or if the Saints are down, will they play him more? We're going to find out. But I do have Matt Ryan balling out, upsetting the Saints, and the Saints lose their number one spot in the NFC. I have the Falcons upsetting the Saints 30-21. to 30-21. <coughs> Those are my predictions for these three marquee matchups for week 13 of the NFL season. Now to the Premier League. EPL match day 11 is here. Uh, The time of this recording, it's Friday night, Saturday morning. So the games are a couple uh, hours of starting. But the only two games that I wanted to highlight or predict for this week were two Sunday games. So Liverpool versus Wolves and the North London Derby. Arsenal versus Tottenham are the two matchups that really interest me this week. First, uh, let's get started with the uh, Liverpool versus Wolves. Liverpool come in tied for first; they're second because of goal differential, so they're right behind Tottenham. Wolves come in at seventh. Just want to say that I'm very happy that the fans are allowed back. Uh, England, I guess they're doing a little bit better in COVID. Certain regions that are doing better, they're opening by regions. So if I think if you're like in the lower tiers of COVID, you're allowed to have two thousand fans in your stadium. So Liverpool, I guess they are doing a little bit better in Liverpool. So they they will have two two thousand fans in their stands. So good for Liverpool fans. This is the first time in thirty years that fans will be present at Anfield watching their team as champions. So shout out to those fans, those lucky fans that are able to be there. This is the first time they'll see them since they won the championship a couple months back. Because the last game that they were able to see was during March. And they'll be able to see this team that has gone 64 games unbeaten. It's the second longest streak in English football. And they hope to continue it against the Wolves. I am a Wolves fan, so I'm rooting for the Wolves. So here are some reasons why the Wolves might beat Liverpool. Liverpool have only won two out of their last five games in all competitions. So they're not exactly in the best form. So Wolves might be able to pounce on that. Only two out of their last five games. It's, a, it's, it's not like Liverpool to do that, especially after the season they had last year where they were just going on crazy win streaks. So two out of five might be my point towards Wolves winning this game. Also Liverpool has key injuries at every level of their field. Allison is going to be out and Dyke, we all know he's out. Thiago's out. Joe Gomez is out. Trent, Trent Arnold Alexander is still probably going to be out. James Milner probably out and Shakiri and Nata probably all out. So because of that, Liverpool will be without a lot like 11 almost 11 first first team players will be will not be available for Liverpool. That's another reason why Wolves might be able to beat Liverpool and end that game that streak of 64 games unbeaten. Also, Wolves last year they were able to beat the champions away from home. So Wolves beat City 2-0 in Manchester last year. Can they do it again this year? Can they go to Anfield and end the streak, beat Liverpool and Wolves come are coming off a big win against Arsenal. Wolves are known in their time back in the Premier League. They fared pretty well against the big six, the typical big six in the Premier League. Those are four reasons why the Wolves have the potential to upset Liverpool at Anfield and the streak, at least maybe get a draw, get a tie. But, but, and this is very important, but, Wolves have lost seven straight league games to Liverpool. So they have not fared at all against Liverpool, they have not fared well against Liverpool, seven straight losses in league, Raul Jimenez had that horrific injury best of wishes to Raul Jimenez, I hope we see you back on the field soon but he was—he is the Wolves' most important player and they will be without him in this pivotal matchup against Liverpool so will they be able to get goals, will they be able to get that link up play that Raul Jimenez brings to the Wolves and his replacement, Fabio Silva He's young, he's 18 years old, club transfer fee this summer, broke the club transfer fee this summer, but again, like I said, he's 18 years old, he doesn't have that much first team experience, he, he, he's coming from Porto, he's a big step up to the Premier League, he hasn't even gotten that many minutes, so he, he's going to be, he's a pup, he's a little, he's a pup, let's just call it what it is, he's a rookie, he, he's, he's young. He's young. He has a lot of potential. But he's he's not ripe. He's green. So we'll see if he's able to show. I wish him the best. I do think he's gonna have a good, a good performance. Just from what I saw last week against Arsenal, he looks he looks he looks confident. He looks confident with the ball on his foot. He doesn't look phased by the moment. The moment doesn't look too big. And Liverpool is only gonna have 2,000 fans, so they're not gonna be able to rile him too much. It's gonna be a nice environment for him. So We'll see how he plays. But Diego Jota, first time playing first time playing against the Wolves since his transfer to Liverpool. He just turned 24 years old yesterday. Happy birthday, Diego Jota, if you're listening to this. I don't know why you would be listening to this, but happy birthday to you, Diego Jota. And uh, my prediction, I think the Wolves don't have enough to beat Liverpool. As much as I'm a Wolves fan, as much as I would like to say that the Wolves will upset Liverpool at Anfield, I don't see it happening especially without Raul Jimenez, I could see them maybe getting a draw just because Raul Neto has been playing great. He stepped up. He already matched his goal total from last season. At just 20 years old, he's taking that leap. Adama Chardet, if if Wolves play a back four and they could play Potence, Chardet, and Neto with Silva on the top, that's going to be great. I, I have a feeling they're going to go back to a back five just because they're playing... Liverpool and they're gonna have they're gonna want to have more defenders. But in my opinion, I think the back four work will work the best. I I I love seeing all three of those players play together last week. Potence, Tradé, and Neto. I think that's a good that's a good play. That's a good play for the Wolves. They're very dangerous if they have all three players. They have pretty good pace. Potence, I think, is the is the slowest one of them of the three, but he's very skilled. He's quick, he's shifty, he's smart with the ball on his foot. Adama uh, Chadre needs no introduction. He's f- might be the fastest player in the EPL. Neto's one, up there too. He's quick, but I don't think it's going to be enough. Salah, Manet, Firmino, Jota. I wouldn't be surprised if Jota if Jota actually gets a score. And uh, I don't think he'll celebrate. I think he he still follows Wolves players. He still comments. He wished Raul Jimenez, uh to get well. Uh, I think he has a good relationship with Wolves players. So I do kind of I want to predict Jota is gonna score a goal, and I want to predict that he's not gonna celebrate. He's gonna show respect for the Wolves. But I do I do have Liverpool winning two zero tomorrow, and it pains me to say that because I'm a Wolves fan. But two zero the Wolves. Well, I feel I I feel like the Wolves are gonna play a back five, and they're gonna sit back too much. But hopefully Wolves are able to put up a great performance, and they sneak out a tie, maybe like a one one. But my heart, my gut is telling me two oh loss, but the wolves play with a lot of heart and they have they have their chances too. But Allison is not playing, so we'll see. If if the Liverpool has some mistakes back in the back with the keeper, then that could open some chances for the Wolves. But as of now, I say Wolves lose two O at Anfield tomorrow. I mean Sunday. Arsenal Arsenal versus Tottenham is the last game that I want to predict North London Derby. Tottenham has not lost in the premier league since opening day. So they've gone nine games unbeaten. Mourinho has that team playing great, playing amazing. He has changed the mentality of that team. He has changed their personality. Like he said last week after, after the game in his press conference, he has just shifted the way that team thinks that, that way that that team plays, um, and Harry Kane and Son have been spectacular this season. And because of that, I just don't see Arsenal turning their season around. I have Arsenal losing to Tottenham 3-1. Tottenham gets a resounding 3-1 victory. They stay top of the league. Um, and yeah, just Arteta, he's not on the hot seat. The board has backed Arteta. He's their long-term coach in the in the opinion of Arsenal. So I don't think this will be a crushing defeat for him. It will just keep adding to the worst start as Arsenal have had. It was the worst start after ten games. They're gonna lose. I feel like they're gonna lose this week. It's gonna be the worst start after the eleven games. And uh, I mean, teams Europa League games. They they both played over in the middle of the week. Tottenham struggled a little bit, three three against Lask, and Arsenal beat Rap- Rapid Vienna four one in Europa League. They played in they played at Arsenal. And they had fans for the first time, so maybe that helped them out a little bit. I know uh, Lacazette was able to get on the scoring sheet, and he's been struggling to score. So maybe Arsenal is turning it around. 4-1 victory, pretty impressive victory in the middle of the week. But as far as league, as far as the Premier League, they've only scored 10 games in, ten goals in 10 games. So they're really struggling to find the back of the net. Aubameyang has one goal in 10 games. I mean, they gave him that big contract in the offseason for him to stay, two-year extension. And he's just, he's not the player. He's not the player that he was last season. He's not the player he's been at Dortmund or Arsenal since he's been at Arsenal. Uh, but, I mean, that's one of the, that's a marquee matchup that we have. Harry Kane against Aubameyang, two of the best number nines in the Premier League, two of the best forwards in the Premier League. Any other time, they would probably be competing for the, the top top scorers in the league, but Obama Yang is struggling this season. On the other hand, Harry Kane comes in on fire. 13 goals in 16 games in all competition. He's also the assist leader in the Premier League. So he's having a heck of a season. He is in doubt for this game, so if Harry Kane doesn't play, if he doesn't start, maybe he, they they hold on to him and he comes in in the 70th, 70th, 60th minute around that time. I could see that happening. If that happens, then it opens the it opens the possibility for Arsenal to get a point or maybe sneak out a victory. But I do think, I was reading some reports, they do expect Harry Kane to be fit, to be fit enough to start at least, or to at least play. So Harry Kane and Son, that's just too much firepower for Arsenal. Arsenal do have a leaky defense. I don't i don't trust their defense. They, don't, they let Rapid Vienna just score one, so they looked a little better in the week, but Tottenham is no Rapid Vienna. They have way better quality players. And Yoriz is in doubt, so that also might help Arsenal. If Yoriz doesn't play and Kane doesn't play, then then we could talk about Arsenal possibly upsetting or at least getting a point. If we have Hart at at goal, Joe Hart is definitely susceptible to making a mistake, then I could give you I could at least ponder with the idea that Arsenal would be able to get a point or maybe steal a victory. But they're playing at White Hart Lane, or the new stadium that they have. The new uh, Tottenham Stadium. They will have 2,000 fans. They're coming in as the top of the table. I know those fans are going to be riled up. There's only going to be 2,000, but I know they're going to be loud. So because of that, Tottenham coming in as first place, they're going to have fans in their stadium for the first time. They have the newest stadium in the Premier League. I do believe Harry Kane's going to play. Hopefully, Yoris plays. And uh, Tottenham 3-1 is my prediction. I think Tottenham, even though they come in as first place, they like to sit back. They like to invite the other teams. So I do think Tottenham is going to concede possession to Arsenal. This is going to invite them back. And I don't think Arsenal is that... They're not that clean with the ball on their foot. I do feel like they're going to make mistakes. And then when they do make those mistakes, those inevitable mistakes that they've been making this season, uh, because they're not there yet, Arteta is going to implement that system. He does come from... uh, Pep Guardiola's system, he was his second, he was his number 2 for 3 years. So he's trying to implement that that passing the ball, coming always moving the ball from the from the defense to the offense, never jumping lanes, passing the ball, passing the ball. I think that's going to take some time. Maybe he doesn't have the players yet to implement that system. He'll get there. I do still believe in Arteta. I don't want to give up on him. I don't think it was a fluke that he won the FA Cup. I don't think it was a fluke that he won the Community Shield. I don't think it was a fluke that he beat Liverpool last year. I do still believe him. I don't know if he has the players to implement that system just yet. He needs more technical players for, it, for him to get all that passing game going. So I do think Tottenham is going to concede possession to Arsenal. Arsenal won't be able to break down Tottenham's defense. Not, not, not right now. Not in the form they're in right now. Not with Aubameyang struggling. Not with, like I said, also struggling in league and then Tottenham's going to make Arsenal pay for those mistakes. They're going to get them in the counterattack and they're going to make them pay. So, Son and Kane, I could see both of them getting on the on the scoring sheet. They've been on fire. They're the best duo in the league right now. And 3-1 Spurs victory is my prediction. So, yeah. There you go. That's those are my predictions for these for this uh, weekend, for this weekend of Premier League and NFL action. One one more time. Uh, I have the Titans beating the Browns. I have the Cardinals beating the Rams. And my upset of the week is the Falcons will beat the Saints. I don't think Taysom Hill has it in him to beat the Falcons twice in two weeks. And the two marquee matchups in the Premier League, Liverpool to Wolves zero is my prediction. Pains me to say that as a Wolf fan, but no role, Jimenez. And I expect the back five for the for the Wolves, from the Wolves. And Tottenham three, Arsenal one, are my predictions. But yeah, that should conclude this episode of the Hard to Handle Sports Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Um, tune in for episode 20, where I'll be reviewing if I hit on any of these games. Hopefully I did. I think they're sound predictions. I don't think any of them are too far-fetched. Other than maybe the Falcons game, I know... Of. Um, same fans out there won't want to hear that but that's my prediction I don't believe in Taysom Hill and it is what it is but thank you so much for listening until next time have a good night morning, day whenever you listen to this Ish signing out